Welcome to the Money Tree Real Estate Investor Podcast, where we learn from real estate professionals across the industry. They will share about how they got into real estate, the big wins they have celebrated, the mistakes they have made along the way, and the advice they have for anyone following in their footsteps. Money really does grow on trees. Hey guys, uh, today I've got a good friend Cam here. Um, he's really heavily involved in real estate and been doing it for several years now. So I'll let him go ahead and introduce himself and we'll start diving right into our uh, commercial real estate conversation. Awesome. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to see you in person or virtual today. Uh, name is Cameron Roy. I'm in Dallas, Texas. I'm a, a real estate investor. I've been involved in and done a handful of multifamily projects, currently working on developing some build to rent in Louisiana and Alabama, and also um, developing my first uh, garage, class A high-end garage units up in Colorado. So excited about all that and uh, it's just been a fun journey so far, ever learning and ever failing, but continuing to get up and find ways to succeed. So that's a little bit about me. <laughs> Definitely. So kind of what was your what was your background and, and why did you get into commercial real estate? Good question. Um, so before I even knew much about real estate, I was working in the corporate world in sales and I did that for about three years. Uh, along that journey, I learned about real estate through reading the Cashflow Quadrant book by Robert Kiyosaki. I was trying to become the CEO of the company I worked for, and I was at Barnes & Noble looking for a book that would teach me how to scale inside the corporate world you know, to, to run the company. And I just ran across um, the Cashflow Quadrant. I was like, this looks interesting. And after I read that book, I was like, okay, now I got to leave the company. I can't stay here. My whole mind shift changed. And what I thought were assets and liabilities and income and debt and generational wealth and uh, wealth building. Um, and so I spent about a year after I read that book, uh, learning everything I could about real estate, reading books, going to conferences. I hired a mentor who taught me everything I, I knew for a long time um, and you know, really believed in myself. And so in February 2020, right before COVID was uh, shutting everything in the world down, <clears throat> I talked to my wife and friends and community group and just thought it was a good time to take a risk and a chance on myself building something in this multifamily real estate business. And so I quit my job and started running and hustling and failing and hitting walls and getting laughed out of banks and uh, told, you know, yes by investors, but never hearing anything back and money was never hitting the account. And so just through a lot of trial and error kind of paid my way. Um, and, and God was good to me in, in providing me just amazing opportunities with amazing people and partners. And so um, I've been on that journey ever since, but yeah, man, honestly, I was just a corporate guy for a while, which there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but whenever I learned about money and uh, with the different mindset that I was kind of uh, availed to through Robert Kiyosaki's teachings, it, it changed everything for me. So um but yeah, man, I, I just grew up in a small West Texas town, blue collar family. Dad sold cars. Mom taught fifth grade forever. And their dad's in the oil field now. Um, and mom's still in education. Didn't come from wealth. I had two successful grandfathers who were entrepreneurs, um, one in the car business and then another one in cotton gin fan manufacturing. Um, and just kind of growing up with a family of entrepreneurial spirited people, some in my family, gave that to me as a young kid to see the benefits and uh, the lifestyle of, you know, owning your own company, working for yourself. Um, and granted, what my grandparents were doing is different from what I'm doing, but just how awesome 
uh, it was to grow up with those two grandfathers who blessed me and my family immensely and um, loved on us well and showed us a life of entrepreneurship. And it's not easy. It's hard, but it's definitely something in me and uh, something I enjoy doing today. So came came from that neck of the woods with those kind of that family of origin. And, and here I am now. <laughs> It's pretty cool. So it sounds like you're you're kind of doing a hybrid approach. So you you're an active uh, partner, and then you're also a limited partner in certain deals. So why mm. do you take that kind of two two uh, street approach? Good question. I am a passive investor, um, an LP as well. I'm an LP in deals that that are not my own. I'm an LP in deals that are my own um, because I believe that this is the best place to grow your money and wealth and. Um, afford you all the tax benefits that investing in product like this affords. Um, when my wife and I first, uh, you know, had some liquidity to invest inside of a real estate deal, I was still kind of learning about the business. So I didn't know enough yet to be remotely anything active as a GP, but I, I, you know, I, I took a chance and, you know, whenever I quit the company I was working for, I, I just didn't, understand or know anything about 401ks, Roth IRAs. Like I tried to had explained to me before and the people who are managing my money, it just seemed like a big scam to me. Like these people who are managing my money are getting paid whether they perform with it or not. And there's no telling whether they're actually putting their money at risk or they're putting my money at risk. And there was just no aligned interest. I never shook these people's hands. I didn't know who they were. They worked for some company. I didn't. And so as I was just fleshing all this out, I was like, this just seems crazy to me. This seems like people were just blindly throwing their money somewhere that hopefully some person they have no personal relationship with will perform with that money so that in 40 years they can then retire and uh, draw 3% from a lump sum. Hopefully it doesn't run out before they die. I was like, this is just so crazy to me. And it's, it's bananas that it's normal. So I withdrew my entire 401k and took the 30 or 35% tax hit for early withdrawal. And I was great with it, even though I hurt a little bit, moved it right into some, uh, an investment opportunity as a, my first LP and did just been reaping the rewards of that ever since the money's growing, the cash flow comes, the tax advantages hit through K ones and depreciation. And so the reason I passively invest too, is because this is the place I am counting on and banking on and betting on that will, uh, create generational wealth for myself and generations to come. Definitely. Yeah. And I think we're on the, the same page as far as, you know, hey, like we want to create the generational wealth for our family, but we also want to be able to help other people financially. You know, I mean, we give yeah. a lot of our time we're serving, um, you know, whether it's with kids or people our own age, just mentoring. And I think it's just so cool to have that opportunity through real estate to be able to give back to other people financially as well. Yeah. I mean, that's, the, I mean, what is a profit man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? And one of the best ways to not lose your soul is to continually give of yourself to other people. Um, and so I, you know, I would love to have so much money to where any check needed my wife and I can write not to, to boast or gloat in what we've done, but to just bless, like, you know, my wife and I aren't wealthy at all, but we've been generous in our lives. Um, and we've been not generous where we should have been sometimes, but I could tell you, there's no better reward than generosity. And so the more I can increase that, the frequency of it, the amount of it, the more I want to. So I would love to like send kids to college. I, I tell my wife, like, I want us to be the family that whenever like the church is taking a mission trip, all the kids know to come knock on the Roy's house because we're just wildly generous and 
want to fund the whole trip for everybody, kids, staff, volunteers included. And um, I would love to be in a place financially one day where, you know, we can do that for people who need money, who want money or um, could be blessed by random things like pay for a house for a single mom. I would just love to go do that. Definitely. No, I, I love that so much. And I think definitely think that I have uh, some of those same uh, long-term goals as well for just branching out and being able to give back to other people. Passive investors in real estate are able to receive a check every month. Some people call that mailbox money. We say money really does grow on trees. Visit the website at biggerpictureholdings.com where we have a ton of free resources to help you learn more about planting your very own money tree. So you mentioned something earlier. Um, you talked about the tax advantages of investing in real estate. And I think, you know, what the, the wealthy people have figured out is there are a lot of tax advantages. So can you tell us a little bit more about cost segregation and how that whole situation works and you know how you can actually benefit from saving uh, deferring taxes? Yeah, I mean, the best thing I could point you to is Tax-Free Wealth by Tom Wheelwright. That's uh, Robert Kiyosaki's uh, personal CPA. He's awesome. And that book explains all of it really, like how to grow wealth without you know, paying taxes. A lot of people who are ignorant, and I don't mean stupid, I just mean they're uneducated, think that this is a crime. Um, but the tax law and tax codes were written to, written to incentivize people to pay no tax. A lot of ordinary people think that you know, these are written just to rip people off. No, no, no. If you read it carefully and understand it, you'll realize that it incentivizes people to do things that avoid taxes, like taking on uh, the risk that the government doesn't have to, to provide housing and jobs. And if you so happen to do that or participate in that by putting your money up at risk for those things, you get a nice reward from the government. And, um, you know, one of the biggest ones that Donald Trump did whenever he was in office, love him or hate him, this was a great thing he did, accelerated depreciation. And so, you know, if you buy a property or you're a part of a property as a passive investor, you know, things wear and tear, roofs, carpet, countertops, uh, parking lot, garages, everything wears and tears, and you can write all that off. You have 27 and a half years to write things off. And when Trump came into office through accelerated depreciation, what he allowed um, companies and people to do is to take all 27 and a half years of you know depreciation and lump it into year one, which is fantastic because that rapidly increases the depreciation you get on your earnings. Um, when you get negative K1s, it's awesome. So for example, you know, I've invested in a deal before for like $50,000 as a limited partner. And, you know, my CPA gets a, <laughs> a K1 and, you know, it appears as though I invested in something and lost a lot of money um, through the depreciation reflected in the K1s. Well, we didn't. What happened was that we took all the depreciation and lumped it into year one. And so it comes out as a negative paper loss. But my 50K is still there. The cash flow is coming. The value of the property is going up. And so, you know, as long as you are investing in properties where there is availability to do cross segregation analysis, meaning there needs to be a product on the property, you can't depreciate dirt like land, um, you know, you can expect to essentially pay no taxes. And there is depreciation recapture at the end um, unless you 1031 your money into a, a, a like deal. That's how a lot of people get wealthy is they just never, they always defer their taxes. They never touch the principal. They keep it at risk moving in from one investment to the other, which is what I do. 
because I don't want to pay the government. I don't think they're a good. I think that I'm a better manager and more generous than the government is. And so I want to do as much as I can to keep money in my pockets to steward it better than, you know, a government that keeps going trillions of dollars into debt. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. And you, you touched on so many great things. So you talked about the K-1 tax form talked about the 1031 exchange. Um, so I definitely encourage the viewers and listeners to be able to just go research those things for themselves. I mean, you know, I've, I've seen these things work as well. Um, it's not it's not made up. It sounds crazy, um, but it's just a really great opportunity for those willing to take a risk. Yeah. I mean, I have people, you know, I, I know people who think that it's a crime that I don't pay really taxes anymore. If I do, it's very limited. And that it's like, look, I am putting my money at risk in something that produces housing and jobs. What I'm doing is I'm partnering with the government and taking something off their shoulders in return for being so generous to the government and helping them solve a big problem. They're going to wrap or dramatically reduce my tax liability um, because the money is at risk. I could lose it all, but I believe that I won't as long as I'm vetting good deals with good partners and operators. And so if the government wants to partner with people like me who would take a risk and trust in my abilities versus some 401k manager's abilities, let's go. I love that so much. And so I guess the last thing on that topic, so, you know, just to confirm my understanding and, and share with the viewers as well. So that paper loss that you talked about on the K-1 tax form, uh, if you have additional streams of income in real estate, that can be used to offset not only the income from that property, but also other properties. Um, correct. It'll offset your your total tax liability, um, your personal tax liability, and, and and your liability may increase or decrease from other properties, um, but it it just goes against your personal liability or your company's liability, however you're investing, whatever your entity you're investing through yourself or some company. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's just a loss and it's, it's awesome, um, to see it's like, Oh, I made whatever I made 6%, 8% of my money in cash flow this year. But yet on paper, it looks like I lost 20 grand. Well, my principal still worked. The cash flow is coming and, uh, I didn't lose anything, but we took all that depreciation thanks to Donald Trump and lumped it into the first year. That's really cool, man. And it sounds like you're on a really good journey. I um, really appreciate you having, having you as a guest and uh, excited just to hear more about what you got going on in the future. Likewise, my friend. All right. Thanks, man. Like and subscribe below. A new episode will air every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Are you looking for more content? Visit